0: Welcome back, Open Your Hymnal listeners. My name is Zach Stahowski. And I'm Matt Reichert. And we're excited to bring to you another one of our special feature episodes.
1: Yeah, that's right. Today, our topic will be the Black Sacred Music Tradition.
0: In addition to the variety of music that we'll be sharing with you on this episode, I am really excited about the different voices, the different people that we were able to include uh, to help illuminate uh, the history, some of the context of Black sacred music.
1: That's right. Today, you're going to be hearing from two special guests. First, Lene Gray, who is a wonderful friend of ours and just a, a beautiful soul and a wonderful musician and a master teacher. And second, you're going to hear from the voice of Leon Roberts, who is a consequential Catholic, Black Catholic composer who passed away just about 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, you'll hear them make mention of a few people who have actually gone before us. I think of uh, Derek Campbell and Father Clarence Rivers, uh, just to name a few. And so, of course, we remember them in prayer as uh, we hear the voice of Leon, as we hear this music.
1: So we're going to kick things off with our first musical selection. This is the song, We've Come This Far by Faith.
2: We've come this far.
1: So, we're gonna let our guests take it from here. Linnae spoke with us recently, and you'll hear the voice of Leon Roberts from a presentation at the National Association of Pastoral Musicians Conference in Cincinnati, Ohio from 1985.
3: black population in this country. It's kind of hard to take our liturgical sense and just take some gospel music and throw it in there and call it a day. No, it requires much more research than just that. What is African American religious music? Dr. Portia Moltzby states that Afro-American religious music is a form of expression that reflects the religious and daily experiences, cultural values, social needs, and aesthetic priorities of Black Americans. The diverse nature of this large body of music results from centuries of varying and changing environmental conditions to which Blacks have had to adjust. Black Americans have been practicing cultural adaptations since the first African was placed into the dehumanizing system of slavery.
4: I grew up going to church at my grandmother's church who was an A.M.E. Zion, African Methodist Episcopal Zion church. And you knew that when you were going to an A.M.E. Zion church, the music at that time was very what we considered high church service. A lot of singing, a lot of responses, a lot of music making. My grandmother happened to be the organist of the church. I was always mesmerized by the gift of song each person in the community of faith in the church came to. They were present. We talk so much about full, active, conscious participation, but that's what I grew up with. The beginning of our services began with great song to the end of the service, where we would be lifting up high the songs that were written for the church.
0: All too often, I think we equate black sacred music with gospel music. And what we've learned in listening to Leon is that it's actually far more complex than that. Leon categorizes black sacred music into four categories. Moans and chants, spirituals, hymns, and gospel.
3: Moans, chants, and cries for deliverance. When I was growing up, In my mother's church, they used to line out a hymn, Am I a soldier of the cross? And everyone in the congregation would join in by answering. And this type of moaning had a way of inspiring people and bringing them in touch with the living God. level appeared around 1760 in the form of the spirituals, which were religious in character and based on the explicit cry for social justice. Dr. Wyatt T. Walker, author of the book Somebody's Calling My Name, states that from a sociological viewpoint, perhaps the primary contribution of the spirituals to the slave community was the cohesive influence they had upon the invisible church and the general populace of the slave quarters. It was the music of the slaves more than anything else that gave them a sense of community. Everyone could participate, and and the spiritual form and performance were non-exclusionary. As Wendell Wellham notes, if a member of the group could not sing, he could pat his foot. If he could not pat his foot, he could sway his head. And if he could not sway his head, he could stand up and be a witness. Let us look at seven reasons why the spiritual is so important. Number one, the spiritual is important because it gives the community a true and valid and useful song. Number two, it helps to keep the community invigorated, to inspire. The uninspired individual is the third point of the spiritual. Number four, it helps to enable a group to face its problems. We should never try and discourage people from accepting the fact that we do have problems. And the songs that we can sing, that we sing in church, should be sung with such enthusiasm that it helps us not only to forget about those problems, but to leave knowing that Jesus Christ is able to take control and give us solutions to all of our problems. Number five, the spiritual helps us to comment on the situation of the community. It's a very political song. Number six, it helps to stir each member to personal solutions and to a sense of belonging in the midst of a confusing and terrifying world. Number seven, and finally, it helps us to provide a code of language for emergency use. How many of you know Ron Harbour? I was with Ron Harbour at Kenneth Lewis's house, and Kenneth can witness to this. We were at a reception at Kenneth's house, and at the end of that reception, Ron Harbour walked over to the piano, and he started playing Great is Thy Faithfulness. When he got finished singing that song, something went through everybody in that room. Am I not wrong, Kenneth? something happened when Ron Harbour sang that song. I really honestly believe that Ron was providing a code of language for an emergency use because afterwards I asked Ron, I said, I've been knowing you for years and I have never in my life heard you sing with that much conviction and he began to tell me then of all of the problems that he was going through in terms of trying to get a graduate degree from Catholic University And all of the obstacles that he was up against, and the fact that he was behind in his rent, and the fact that he has to ride around in his car that barely takes him from one church to the next church, and the fact that he wakes up in the morning and sometimes he doesn't have food to eat. But yet when he sang, great is thy faithfulness that night, something began to happen. And I personally could associate with what he was talking about because I've been through some things myself. In fact, I'm sure everybody in here has been through something that has caused you to get a little closer to that song that's buried deep down inside of your heart.
5: Great is thy faithfulness.
3: Black Americans continued to develop and maintain the black religious songs through the metered music. This musical form developed approximately around the year 1800 and continued through the year 1900. Hymns of improvisation appeared in the year 1875 and, and continued into the late 1940s. One example of a hymn of improvisation would be my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. Evidence of this music can always be found in traditional hymns, especially hymns that are associated with black religious thought.
4: recall very uh, many occasions standing next to my family and we were singing those hymns of the church precious Lord lead me guide me how great thou art stand by me and there were certain favorite hymn text composers like Charles Tenley who wrote these magnificent hymn texts nothing that required a hand clap but all that were so theologically and religiously grounded in the faith that you felt compelled to sing and be a part. It was the one time on Sunday and during the week that we all gathered together and looked forward to singing the songs. There were so many wonderful hymns that were not necessarily gospel music. And it was that, at that point that I was taught that all of black sacred music could not be lumped into gospel music because certainly there were traditionalists and purists that were set with their mind on the great hymns that were written for the black church.
3: The developmental process of black religious music has led us to one of its present forms, which is gospel music. Tony Halbert describes it as good news and bad news. And I can understand why he would say that, because if you go in some churches singing gospel music, it will be good news to some and bad news to others. Dr. Wyatt T. Walker describes gospel music as a religious folk music that is clearly identifiable with the social circumstances of the black community in America. If we were to pull a central theme from all these descriptions, we would have to conclude that gospel music, as all black religious music, is a response and medium of transmitting the message of social justice for all people. As black Catholics, we owe a lot of gratitude and thanks to Father Clarence Rivers, who, after the Second Vatican Council, began exposing the Catholic Church to our gift of blackness through the rich heritage of our music. To understand that, we go back to the roots of what gospel
4: means, the good news. Through its originations, gospel music came out of a cultural expression, a spiritual expression, which lended itself to praise at all times, even the, in the midst of travesty. And it was those times in the black worship experience that the Holy Spirit and the praise of God was at its heightened form because it was that time that you had the matriarch or the elders of the church that felt gave themselves permission and felt compelled to just pat the pulse It was the the pulse that kept us sustained. So you heard these wonderful songs of Lead me, guide me along the way As we went further into the songs. By the end of it, we all had stepped into this great gift of surrendering. For you see, Black Sacred Music worship experience and Black Sacred Music invites you to be free. It invites you to sing with arms lifted up. And not worrying about what it looks like, but certainly planting the seed and sharing the gift of music. And it was in those times that I could just stand there and see the power of God and the presence of God in the space just through the wonderful music that was sung. Each one has a different characteristic sound. Each one has a different characteristic spiritual connection, but all lend themselves to be filled with an invitation to come to the table as you are. that we do. We have come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed us yet. It is a communal prayer. It is a communal spiritual expression. This is what gospel music lends to us. When we use the pron- pronouns of I or me, it is not I or me individually. It is I and me, we collectively. For we have come this far by faith. We trust in the Lord. We are part of a Heavenly Father who watches over us.
1: We decided here at the end of this portion of the episode to give Leon the last word. Um, In his presentation, you know, he outlines all of the important aspects of these different types of music that are so central to the black sacred music tradition. But one of the things that binds them all together is that it's all about spreading the good news. And of course, that's what gospel means. So here is Leon talking about using music as an evangelization
3: tool. As Lerone Bennett put it so well, black history, our roots, is a challenge and a call. For in and through black history, the voices of the past speak to us personally, calling, what are we doing? Asking us, what have we done? And what are we prepared to do to ensure that the slaves and the activists and martyrs did not dream or die in vain? When we understand the message completely and hear its underlying meaning, it will enable us to sing in a language that will lift spirits, set prisoners free, and loose the chains of oppression. When we understand the message completely and hear its underlying melody, it will enable us to sing the songs of our grandmothers and grandfathers, whether it's Ave Maria, Ave Verum Corpus, Or, I don't feel no ways tired. When we understand the message completely and hear its underlying invitation, it will enable us to sing, yes, Leon Patillo's song, Go Ye Therefore and Teach All Nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Through music, we can further the apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Nontiandi, of His Holiness Pope Paul VI by witnessing to our black brothers and sisters with the songs that reinforce our rich musical heritage of being both black and Catholic. The very nature and meaning of gospel is good news. Christ himself said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. That is what I was sent to do. One of the greatest attributes of Christ was his ability to meet people on their level and to be able to understand them and to impart to them release from the oppressions of this life. He further consummates this ability when he says, "The spirit of the Lord has given to me, for He was anointed, for He has anointed me. He has sent me to bring the good news to the poor." As the kernel and center of his good news, Christ proclaimed salvation, this great gift of God which is liberation from everything that oppresses man or woman, but which is above all liberation from sin and the evil one, in joy of knowing that God and being known by him, of seeing him and of being given over to him. Evangelization through music must be grounded and formed from a total liberating Christian viewpoint. It must be nurtured by the Holy Spirit and have full command of the teaching of Christ. Jesus told his disciples in the first chapter of Acts, verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes down on you. Then you are to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria. Yes, even the ends of the earth. The music we sing with the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit should have the power to cure the sick, change water into wine, multiply bread, and bring a lost, fallen church back to Christ. Through it, we must reach the unchurched and those who have fallen away, and touch those who are in our communities who have not heard the call.
0: Right back after a word from our sponsors.
1: Hello, Northeast Ohio. This is Matt Rikert. And I'm Zach Stachowski. And we're bringing our popular show, Open Your Hymnal, to St. Michael Parish in Canton for a free pre Lenten
0: mission, Sunday, March 3rd through Tuesday, March 5th. This three night event will engage you in music and storytelling and prepare you for the Lenten season. We'll begin on Sunday evening by celebrating our musical heritage. We'll talk about the liturgical music that has shaped us over the past 50 years. Then on Monday, our friend and legendary liturgical
1: composer Marty Haugen will join us. Zach and I will interview him live for an upcoming episode of Open Your Hymnal. This is your chance to be a part of our show. And then we conclude
0: on Tuesday by talking about the future of liturgical music. Marty Haugen will again join us as we talk about where liturgical music is going in the future.
1: It's Open Your Hymnal Live, a free three-night mission at St. Michael Parish in Canton, Sunday, March 3rd through Tuesday, March 5th. Sponsored in part by the Living Bread Radio Network. Welcome back, Open Your Hymnal listeners. It is now time for the Open Your Hymnal playlist. This is the part of our show where Zach and I get to choose additional music to share with you, drawn from the themes in today's episode. And since today is a special feature episode, we're going to use this time to share with you not only music, but also hopefully to introduce you or reintroduce you to some composers that we feel you ought to know about. So, Zach, who is the first composer you'd like to share with us?
0: Well, I am really excited about this first song as it is one of the most widely used uh, communion song in parishes all over the world really. Um, I'm excited particularly to present it in its original form, which uh, this song gets done in a variety of ways and it might be surprising for many of our listeners to hear that this was originally conceived in a gospel style. So this is Taste and See by James Moore.
1: For my first pick, I chose to feature the composer Ron Harbour. Um, When he was speaking, Leon mentioned uh, Ron and told the story about him singing at that party, and I wanted to make sure to share one of his pieces. This is a setting of Psalm 27, The Lord is My Light, and it's sung by another wonderful African American composer, Valimar Jansen. Before we move away from this piece, I want to sneak in one extra pick. I mentioned in the introduction that you heard the voice of Valimar Jansen, and Valimar, of course, also composes. So this is Valimar Jansen's song, Lord, I Love You, along with the traditional song, God Is So Good. Mm-hmm.
5: lift my hands before you I give you glory Lord I give you praise Lord I love you I lift my hands before you I give you glory and praise
2: Lord
0: So we heard a lot in this episode about how black sacred music moved from the Protestant realm into the Catholic realm. So I wanted to feature something that was distinctly Catholic and what could be more Catholic than hymns to the Blessed Mother. Uh, This next composer, Roger Holland, is one of my favorites composing liturgical music right now. I think it's tempting to often uh, narrow our view to black sacred music as gospel music, but I think as you'll hear in this next song, it draws from a variety of influences. I think you'll hear more of a choral influence in this song, and so this is uh, Roger Holland's Hail Queen of Heaven.
1: I'm going to stick with this same vein here, Zach, uh, with things that are distinctly Catholic. And, of course, another thing that you know, our listeners will be familiar with are the responses at Mass. So I decided to choose something from a Mass setting. This is the Holy Holy from the Mass of New Beginnings by Clifford Petty.
0: So even though Leon has gone before us, I thought it was so cool that we were able to use his voice in this podcast episode. And so, of course, no list, no playlist would be complete without something by him.
1: Yeah, I, I've i never met Leon. I certainly know a lot of people who worked closely with him or were greatly influenced by him and his work. So I feel like... Um, hearing him in this conversation today kind of, you know, brings us all a little closer. It sort of underscores that, you know, communion of
0: saints. So Matt, do you remember how we were introduced to this next song?
1: I do remember. uh, Zach and I for many years participated in, uh, both as participants and team members, in a program called Music Ministry Alive. And often the end-of-week concert would feature Leon Roberts' music.
0: Yeah, and this next song became a fast favorite, uh, one that we still listen to, one that we still use whenever we can. And Matt and I both uh, were able to be in a choir directed by people who had worked with Leon uh, when, when we would do a lot of his music.
1: So we hope you will enjoy our last piece in our playlist for today. This is from Leon Roberts, You're the One. Thank you for listening to Open Your Hymnal, and special thanks to Lynne Gray for joining us. The recording you heard of Leon Roberts was provided by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians.
0: For more information about the songs you heard, links to purchase this music, and additional resources could be found at our website, openyourhymnal.com. Production assistance and support for this episode was provided by GIA Publications, OCP, and World Library Public.
1: Be sure to follow Open Your Hymnal on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to this podcast through iTunes and Google Play.
0: For Open Your Hymnal, I'm Zach Stahowski.
1: And I'm Matt Reichert.
0: Thanks for listening.